God bless you. You're going to notice something different today. My wife is not going to be with me here today. Yeah, we're going to start preaching on our own and just be, begin to get stretched in our own spiritual walks. But I can't do nothing without my wife, so. I'm just going to pray real quick, and I'm going to have my wife just sing a little song over you. And I'm going to begin this uh, sermon. Father God, I just pray right now that you will open the ears and the spiritual eyes, Lord, of your people to hear what you're saying today, Lord God. Father God, we just took us through a journey, Father, as Pastor said, with that tree, Lord God, and now we're here today, Lord God. And Lord God, I believe in my spirit, that as you spoke to me, Lord God, that freedom is here today, Lord God. Our long-awaited struggle, Lord God, our dark places, our hurt and our pain, Lord God. Today, Lord God, you bring freedom to those people, Lord God. Freedom to your church, Lord God, so that we can be a healthy church, Lord God, so that we can be everything you have called us to be, so we can receive your joy, Lord, and enjoy you, Lord God, and serve people and build our healthy family, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, amen. So I'm at, oh, there she goes. Jeez. She's just going to sing over you right now, and I'm just going to begin to preach after she sings. And I just want you to receive. Today's a, your job today is just to receive. Receive what God has for you. It doesn't matter how hard it looks. It doesn't matter how bad things are for you. Today's your day to receive your freedom. Amen? Amen. Peace of God, the peace of God. 
né? I'm gonna give you a little backstory to what I'm about to read. Everybody know who King Saul is? King Saul was king of Israel, and him and his son died in battle. Knowing that David was gonna take over and be the next king, Jesus, like some mad bright. Um, <laughs> uh, when he was gonna be king, a nurse was taking care of Jonathan's son, which was the son of Saul. And as she was fleeing, in fear for uh, Mephibosheth's life, which is the name of Jonathan's son, she drops him or he falls. And in dropping him and falling, he becomes crippled. And he spends the days of his life living in a place called Lodabar, which is a place where the undesirable people are at, a place where there's no life. The Lodabar means uh, uh, no pasture. You know, the Bible speaks about um, he leads us beside still waters and green, to feed on green pastures. It's a place where there is no livestock there. There's no life in there. A place where there is no word coming from there. A place where there's no communication coming from that area. Now, I don't know where you've been through in your life. But somewhere in our life, someone that we trusted, someone that was supposed to take care of us dropped us. And then dropping us left us with, with a, a, a lameness, a crippleness where now when I walk that we found Jesus, somewhere along the line, that crippleness always hinders us. And it keeps us in a mind frame of like low the bar, a mind frame that I don't really deserve everything good. Bad things happen, so we say I deserve these bad things to come in my life. It's part of life, so I must suffer these things. I have done wrong. So the consequence of my sin must be punishment. This is where Mephibosheth was in this state. Feeling that he didn't deserve. And I had a dream one time. As a matter of fact, I had this dream several times. It was like every time I go through something, I always have this weird dream. And in the dream, I'm in prison. It's like a city, but it's like a prison. And I want to go home. I don't want to be there because in, the, in the dream, I feel like I deserve to be there. But I don't want to be there anymore. So my wife comes to visit me all the time. Every dream, my wife comes to visit me to, like, you know, pay a visit. And, I'm, and she comes to the door, and I'm like, I want to go home. I want to go home. I don't want to be here. I want to go back to my house. And she was like, but you can't, but you can't, you can't. You have to, you have to file paperwork. It's, you know, I guess you go in the courts when you go to jail on Friday. You ain't coming out to Monday, right? That's how it is, right? So I'm like, I, I got to wait till Monday to get here? I can't. I'm not going to survive in here. And I hear somebody in the background, the prison, and the warden says, you're here because you chose to be here. You volunteered. How many of us have been through some struggles in our life that have wounded us deeply, but now we live a life where I volunteered to live in that, that same um, state of mind, in that same hurt and brokenness? I'm here to tell you today that God wants to free us, that his goodness and kindness is about to step into our lives and break those strongholds that the enemy is using to hold us back. He's been using it for so long. We walked through life, even our thought process. I remember a time when I was um, a youth in my old church, and it was like, I don't want to say where I was because you're going to figure out who I'm talking about, but we was, I was a youth in my old church, and you know me, I was a clown, so I'm always joking around, and a bunch of guys are joking around, and the person got offended that we was disrupting his service or what he was doing, and he said, the same thing you do to me is going to be done to you, and your kids will do the same thing you've done to me. And I laughed it off like, this guy's a clown, whatever. But something in my spirit stuck with me. 
And I, no matter what I went through in life, somehow I felt like I deserved suffering. I deserved to be punished. When I made mistakes, I, I, um, it's, this is my lot in life, and I have to go deal with that. And I deal with all these hurts and pains for years and years and years. And God was telling me, you choosing that now. Maybe you've been through a tragedy in your life where, you know, some people get hurt, molested, and, and, and raped. And some people say, well, you're in the wrong place in the wrong time. That's crazy. Some people have been abused and stuff like that. And they say, well, that's, what, that's who you are now. So we, we continue a pattern of that lifestyle. Some people in church, I know a lot of us come from churches where we've been hurt. Hurt by church people. And then we go out and say, I will never do those things again. But next thing you know, you find yourself doing the same thing someone else did, but just in a different way. Because that hurt was never healed. We were never set free from that situation. Today's God's going to bring a healing upon us. Now, we were talking about last, uh, last year when, when the tree fell and we was all in, the, in my school, the ghetto. I was a ghetto in school. We was up in there. I hated that. You know, I hated that, right? You know I hated that. Because we were trying to put chairs together and then like two people would help with three people, the ushers, and everybody would bounce. By God bless you. And I'm like, I'm sweating and tired. And I was so frustrated with them. Anyway, but in that time, God gave me a word. <laughs> I show my emotions, right? But my wife was teaching me how to like dial it down. It's hard. When you're in a hard situation, it's hard. But anyway, but God gave me a word about um, Moses, how the enemy is holding on to us. And God's saying, let my people go, but he's holding on tight. You, I don't know if you remember that. And God says he's about to stretch his hand upon Egypt and strike Egypt and set us free. The Lord was telling me today, that, not today, but for this word today, that the final blow is about to be sent to the enemy. And in that final blow, don't worry about it because... We're covered with the blood of Jesus on the doorposts of our hearts. And in being covered, it's going to pass right over us, that destruction that the enemy is trying to send. And it's for the enemy. Amen? It's not going to come to our house. It's not going to come to our hearts. It's not going to here to destroy us. So the Lord is here to tell us today that he wants to show kindness to us. I'm going to read 2 Samuel 9, the whole chapter. It's short. But God wants to show his kindness to us. And a place where we feel like we don't deserve it. And we don't feel like we deserve good at times. And I made so many mistakes. And look where I'm at. What, what, what do you want from me, God? What are you going to do through me? God said, I want to heal you today. I want to bless you. And I want to restore to you that the, what the enemy tried to take from you back to your inheritance in Christ. Because when we come to God, we receive our inheritance in Christ. But those wounds take us away from that and try to distance us from God and say that, no, you're not there yet. No, you haven't arrived yet. Oh, no, no, you're not good enough. But I believe today God is going to do that today. I pray, like I said before, I pray your spiritual ears will be open to whatever you're going to. And you don't look at the situation that you're in. Maybe it feels cold and it feels harsh right now. But know that, that your season isn't a flourishing season. And it's not a season that's droughted. It's not a season that's dead. It's not a season that's over for you. But God is about to move. Amen. This is 2 Samuel. I'm gonna, they're going to pull up the ESV, but I'm going to read it from the NIV. Said David asked, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul? Now, I'm going to tell you right now, if you know Saul, Saul tried to kill David many times. He was jealous. He disobeyed God. And in disobeying God, he, was, he, was, he lost his kingdom. All right? Um, blessed, he, he said, still, is there anyone left still of, the, of Saul's, excuse me. Is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? That's Saul's son. Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. 
they summoned him to appear before David. And the king said to him, are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, is there no one still alive from the house of Saul who I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, there's still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Where he is, the king asked. Ziba answered, he is in the house of Micaiah, Micaiah, son of Amiel, in Lodabar. So the king, so King David had him brought from Lodabar, but from the house of Micaiah and Amiel. When Mephibosheth's son Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied, don't be afraid. David said to him, for I, sure, I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul. So you, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, what is your servant that you should, sh- should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I will give you mas- your, your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth's grandson of your master will always eat at my table. And it says, now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba the king, Ziba said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah, and all the members of Ziba's house were servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. He was lame at both feet. I was like, the last part of I think kind of stuck with me. Why you got to tell him he's lame? We know he's lame already. He's living in the king's table. He's eating things. There are some things in our lives that happened to us that were so dramatic that we're always going to remember. We can't change that. You can't change what happened to you when you were young. I can't change the things that happened to me when I was young. I can't change the things that happened to me when I was in my old church. I can't change the things I've done and even now. I can't change those things. All I can do is receive what God has for me now. And in receiving what God has for me now, I can indulge and accept the inheritance that belongs to me always. But we stuck. Pastor George was speaking about enjoying God. How can I enjoy God if you're feeling so miserable? You know, misery loves company, right? Some people are miserable and they love God. They're in church, but they're miserable. I'm not speaking about the world. Now. I'm going to speak about the church because we are in church, right? And we have to live with each other, right? Some people are miserable and because it's hurt. I just want to start off with saying, before I, before I say all this stuff so you don't think I'm attacking people, a lot of stuff that we went through is not our fault. People hurt us. People weren't wise. People were foolish. People had fears, and they hurt us. And out of that hurt, we move in ways that are not godly. And we move in ways that puts us in a situation where we don't feel free. But I believe God wants to heal us today. Like I said before, I'm going to keep saying freedom is here. God wants you to enjoy him. God wants you to experience when you come to church as a blessing. God don't want you to come to church. And you, I used to come to church when I was young, even when I was an adult. And I'd be like having anxiety attacks. I'm like, what am I so nervous about? What am I scared? I was like, I don't know. Do I put my hand up right now when they say this part? You know, like when it gets to the chorus, you got to put your hand up. Like, I was going through so much emotion because I didn't know how to fully enjoy God. Because on me was the weight of what happened in my life. 
All me was the struggle and the frustration what I've been through. I've been through hard situations. I've been through situations of abuse. I've been through situations where you come to the church and you, you want to receive love from God and you want to receive this goodness. But all I got was religion and a lot of frustration and abuse and, and show that you were not good enough. And, and I, had, I had times in my life where I was uh, going through stuff and I went to the leadership in my old church. And when I went to the, to the leadership, they, uh, they were like scarred you. Once you have like a problem with you, you're like stamped with that problem. So I would sit in church, and I would sit there, and they would look at me from the pulpit. And I tell my wife, yo, babe, look, these guys are staring at me, man. They're like, hawking me. I can't even get up and worship. But they're looking at me, seeing, like, what he's going to do now? What he's going to do now? And my wife was like, ah, nah, they're not. You're just, you're just thinking those things. Until we actually showed and spoke about that they were doing those things to me. And it scarred me in the church. Scarred me to the point when I was speaking to George one time, Pastor George, and he was trying to encourage me. And I came out of my face. I think I told this story before. And I came out of my face and I was like, he said, he was telling me, I just want to give you some, some encouraging words and some, because I was ministering one time when I, was, when I first started. And he said, I just want to give you some encouraging words and some uh, feedback because, you know, somebody said to mentor you. And I was, got so offended. And I was like, do you need me to write all this down? Do I need a paper and a pen to write this down? And he was like, nah, man. Just came out with love. Nah, that's not what I'm here for. I was under the offense because I've been hurt. And I didn't know how to get out of that hurt. I didn't know how to receive people. I didn't know how to do things out of hurt. I was the kind of person where, I thought I kicked something. Jeez. I'm like, what? I didn't know how to receive love from people. All I knew, you think about it, every time you deal with a tragic tragedy in your life, whether it be a death, whether it be a broken, whether it be a parent, divorce, whether it be a leaving, every tragedy you experience, you, that, that kind of sticks with you. And if it wasn't for God's kindness, if it wasn't for his goodness, I'll be suffering. I'll be suffocating. Never knowing the fullness of God. Never know what it feels to just be truly free. We say we're free indeed. I say, oh, yeah, I'm free. I'm not going to hell because I've got Jesus. But we ain't living like we're free. How can I teach you to be free if I'm not free? How can I love you if I don't know what love is? They say God's love is perfect love. He, he died on the cross for our sins. It's, 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 you know, when you don't have love, that don't mean nothing sometimes. I used to hear that. I'm like, hey, man, God's great. All right, but I, huh? what'd that do for me? I'm broken right now. Until I received that, until I truly received what that meant to me and what that was so I can love other people. I could not love other people. But that's my wife. I couldn't love other people. I learned from my wife a lot of things. She told me a lot of things. She's like Rocky's wife, you know, Adrian. <laughs> you can't win. You have to do it this way. You know, like, I, <laughs> I learned so much, but I learned to have guidelines. Even, in, even in, if someone do me wrong, I was like, oh, to hell with them. Oh, that's it. I don't want them in my house. Get out of here. And that person could be hurting. I'm like, mm, good for them. They shouldn't have done this to me. That's what my mentality was. I was used to, you do wrong, you, you get wrong done to you. Like karma and, and eye for an eye. You know, you used to punch each other when you kids, shot for shot. I didn't know God's ways. I learned a dysfunctional way in church, a really dysfunctional way how to, how to serve God. Then I come to a place that, that, that God gives me the opportunity to be free, and I didn't know how to be free. I had to receive God's kindness. God's kindness is not like someone else's kindness where I gave you an apple because you're hungry in the street. God's kindness says, are you hungry? Or why don't you come move in with me and live in my mansion and, and indulge in all the riches that I have for you? That's God's kindness. That's not the world's kindness. Freedom is here, y'all. 
We got to receive that. I know people are hurt and broken. But God wants to heal us from that. There's no way we can help someone else. There's no way we can be a healthy, build healthy families. How? A lot of stuff that happened to us is not your fault. What is our fault is that we, like I said about that dream I have, is that we choose to stay in it. Because we don't know no other way. We come to God like, what do you want with me? A dead dog. Like we're humbling ourselves before the God by belittling ourselves and saying, I'm no good. What do you want from me, God? What are you going to do with me? And you know the funny thing that David does? He doesn't even answer him. He don't answer that foolishness, you know? <laughs> he just goes out and says, you can't do it? Then I'm going to have someone do it for you. And whatever was restored to, that was belonged to us, that was trying to, the enemy tried to take away from us. I want you to know right now, the enemy tried to rob us. From the fullness of what God has. And we walk through church and we're just like zombies sometimes. You know, I don't, sometimes we're like zombies. We walk in church and we're like, oh, yeah, raise our hand. Oh, and then we go home. And I know as, 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 as experienced Christians, sometimes I go home like that. Like, I don't know. Like, today was whack. I, 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 and it's, and it's, not because, <laughs> it's not because of people. It's because of myself. Because I still haven't learned what it is to just surrender. I hold on. Something bad happens to me. I hold on to it. And I hold on to it. And I hold on to it. Today's your day to be free. I'm not speaking of the future. I'm not speaking of in weeks to come and months to come. I'm saying today's your day to be free. No damage is going to come to you. No the harms that we're hearing in the world and all this crazy stuff. Yeah, there's life things, there's trials and tribulations go through, there's deaths and stuff like that. But the destruction that we are fearing is not coming to our home. It's going to pass over you. We belong to Jesus. We're his. All you got to do is receive. You don't have all the answers. You don't have all the words. You don't know how to do it. All you got to receive is the kindness of God. And when that kindness falls upon you, it restores you what belongs to you. Some of you are waiting for God to say, look, Lord, I'm waiting, I'm waiting to, be, to hear that phone call for this loved one. To see if they're okay. To see if they're coming back to the Lord. Some are looking for relationship issues. Finances. I felt a big thing in my heart that I feel is, is a lot of people need restoration from the house of God. And I tell you, I know we do this thing sometimes where I apologize for what someone did to you. I'm not apologizing for nobody else. I'm apologizing for what I might have done. And if I hurt you or ignored you, I'll I, I, be real before I say that. I'm going to invite you over to my house and you'll be chilling with me. I gotta, it's not always going to be like that. You know what I'm saying? Because people feel like, well, you don't invite me over, so you don't love me. I, you know what? Not every Tom, Dick, and Harry is going to be in the house. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying, I just said that. So don't, so don't invite yourself in my house. Anyway. <laughs> guidelines. Guidelines. I put guidelines. What was I saying? Holy moly. What? I apologize. Thank you. I apologize. I apologize you got offended by that. But it still stands. Um, but, you know, I apologize if, if I didn't say hi to you. I apologize if I didn't, when you needed prayer, I wasn't there to come to you and pray for you. Or I ignored you or something like that. Or I said something bad about you and it got to you. Well, I apologize for that. That's not my place to be talking about any. My place is to edify the body of Christ. If I didn't communicate something, I think that's a big thing. Like in low the bar, one of the things is it says the words means means communication. You know, there's a lack of communication. 
that people don't communicate with each other. If I got a problem with you, I'm going to go tell you. You best believe I'm going to. No, I got right here. Anybody that ever encountered in here, you know, I go to you and tell you. Honestly, in love. But I'm going to correct you. I'm going to tell you, yo, this is, not, this is not right. This is not the way to do this. If my heart is for God and I receive what he has for you, I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you like I love my wife. Well, not going to love my wife, but I'm going <laughs> to you know, like in a, in a godly love. Godly love. Not my wife love. That's the mic drop. But, but I, I'm going to love you though, truly the way you need to be loved. And what God has for you, I want to be that for you. And I believe the church wants to be that for you too. But it's hard for us to be. I'm going to say us as leaders. It's hard for us to be that when we're wounded. And we hurt. And people backstab us and, and betray us. And, and we thought we were there for you and, and for us. And you're not there for us. And you hurt us. Those things are hard to get by. But, I, but I, I'm telling you right now, if you would just let that go. Put up guidelines, of course, because you don't want to repeat the same thing, you know. But if you will let it go and receive the goodness of God and receive what he has for you, you'll see that pain just fall off. You'll see that chains be broken. The enemy is using that right now as a stronghold in our lives to prevent us so that we, a church could fall and a church could fail and a church could go through turmoil and breakups and all this crazy and cause division and all this craziness like that. That's what the, the enemy wants to use. He wants to take the goodness of God, take the pain that you're going through and, and, and make it a stronghold to bind us. But I declare over you today that every stronghold is broken in your life. Every abuse that occurred to you, whether it be physical, sexual, emotional, I just come against that right now in the name of Jesus. You are not those things that happened to you. You are not a, a, a victim anymore. You belong to the king of Jesus. You are healed right now in the name of Jesus from your mind to your soul and to your heart, to your emotions right now. That's what I said, have an open ear in the spirit and your eyes in the spirit so that when you hear and see that your mouth could proclaim what the goodness of God is in your life. You may have not seen it now, but don't confuse the season that we're in right now by the storms you're going through. The season you're in is a flourishing season. You know what that word means, flourishing? Flourishing, because I don't have the definition. It means that things are moving forward. I thought that was, that was George. I don't know nothing. I don't know every definition. <laughs> don't you want to enjoy God? I can't be around miserable people. I cut you off. If you're miserable, I'm going to love you from a distance. But I ain't going to be around miserable people no more. God has something wonderful for us. And it has to be a stage where, where we get to the next stage. We're not going to always be in the same thing all the time. And Wednesday nights at four people. It, it can't be like that no more. If you're hungry for God and you love God and you love experiencing, you know the one thing I come to when I come to Wednesday night? Sometimes I come to Wednesday night prayers for, um, just to be prayed for because I'm going through something. But sometimes I come to go, go bless somebody else. Like I love shaking hands. You notice me, I go shake hands with people. I love shaking hands. I love coming to people and just see how they're doing. I don't know if those moments that God has something to say to them or maybe that, that one little thing of showing love for them is going to mean something. I don't know. But I love doing it. Just if I come, if I, if I don't even <laughs> receive the service or I'm just zoned out or tired from work, just the idea of being here where I could be around you guys means so much to me. It means a lot to me. And you may be going, you may be going through a lot of stuff and stuff like that, but we all go through stuff. But when we come together and we open our eyes and see what God really has for us, we don't have to live in that cloud no more. There's too much stuff going on in the world. I was telling my wife yesterday, I said, you know, babe, I was like, I'm tired of like trying to figure things out on my own. 
I'm trying to, trying to work things out on my own strength. I can't do that no more. I need Jesus. I want the spirit of God to just begin to um, move me and bring life into me. So I can bring life into other people. Don't you want that? Don't you fully want that? I know people are broken, but that season is coming to an end now. I'm declaring it's coming to an end. There is no more room for that in your, in your hearts. God has wonderful things for you. God has blessings for you. There's an old song that from Fred Hammond that I, I used, to use, used to sing in my church. I, I used to, you know, every time you go to a bad situation, you used to hate everything about it. You know, you hear a song, you're like, oh, God, that song reminds me of this girl, that guy. Some craziness like that. I used to hear Fred, Salmon, Fred Hammond's songs, and it used to remind me of my old church. I'm like, I don't want to hear that stupid song. But this song came to me. One of his songs came to me. It's like, we're blessed in the city. We're blessed in the field. We're blessed when we come and we go. We cast down, because we're blessed, we cast down every stronghold. Sickness and poverty must cease. Why? Because the devil is defeated. We are blessed. And just like in the book of Exodus, the, the next line goes, late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. He's going to work in your favor. In the midnight hour, the, pl- the last plague came upon um, Egypt. And out of that, p- that place, when that plague came, the people were so, so uh, relieved to let the people of God go that it was like go- the people of God asked them, well, give me silver and gold. They was like, take it. If you don't leave, we're going to die. The enemy was so defeated that he was like, I'll give you whatever you want. Just go. They blow that, but the enemy, God is about to send on the enemy. It's going to cause the enemy to be like, you know what? You got to go. You got to be free and walk in your, walk in your godly calling because I can't live around. You can't be around me because you're messing up my stuff. That's what God has for us today. The Passover, whatever you're waiting for destruction in your life is going to pass right over you because we got Jesus in our hearts. And we were about to be liberated. Excuse me, spitting all over this mother. This is not a yes mic. <laughs> we are about to be liberated. You don't understand, I felt sick. I had chest pains when I was sitting there. And we were talking about healing and healing, and I was sitting there like I couldn't breathe. Y'all feel mad good, so you're getting the best of me right now. That's it. We're about to be liberated and set free and walk into a place where we can worship God in the fullness the way God desired it to be. And in that, after that, we walk into our promise. Are you ready for that? I don't care if you're not. You better be ready because it's going to happen. Even if you ain't ready. Mephibosheth wasn't ready for that. He was still lame and crippled. But it didn't make a difference. He still was going to live in the, in the master's table. He still was going to dine with the king. God wants you to dine with the king today. And live in that. And no more living in poverty. No more living in sickness. No more living in sadness and frustration and depression and worried and woe is me and woe is me. I know that's because things happen to us, but no more today that ends in the name of Jesus. Today we walk in freedom. So I want everybody to stand right now. Worship team, you have to come. The worship team is going to worship whatever God puts in their heart to, to worship. But I ask one request of you today. That one request is this, that you will just receive the goodness, the kindness of God. He has wonderful things in store for you. It is not a lie. It is not nonsense. It's not me just puffing you up. I live in, I live in Mephibosheth. They said the load the bar was like a ghetto. We all live in the ghetto. Some of us live in the ghetto. We know what it is to be in that, around that environment. But if God is saying, I'm about to take you out of that ghetto and bring you into a kingdom, why are you going to say no? Why would you fight it? Why would you want to hold on to pain because people did you wrong? Why? 
The blessing of the Lord is here today. It brings no sorrow, y'all. The blessing of the Lord brings no sorrow. Sorrow. So I want you to be free today. Freedom is here. Freedom is here. And just remember, I don't want to discourage you or anything like that, but when the people were in the, on the boat uh, and then Jesus walked across the storm was going crazy, they got afraid. And if they didn't call out to Jesus, the Bible says he was just passing by. If they didn't call out to Jesus, he would have kept going. I'm here to tell you that Jesus is here walking through this place and walking through your hearts. And he wants to bless you and give you what you, your inheritance is. And you may not know that because you're new in God. But the inheritance of God is wonderful. It's full of peace. It's full of joy. It's full of prosperity. It's full of love. It's full of, of, of vision and, 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 and goals in life to accomplish. Now is that time that God is coming. Don't let them pass you by, guys. So many people let that pass by, let it go right past us, and they miss out. And the very thing that we've been struggling with and hurting with, the enemy used that to destroy us. Don't let that destroy you today. Don't let that pain that someone did you wrong. Those things weren't your fault. Don't stay in that prison today. God's got the keys and he's opening the doors for you. Let it happen, y'all. Just call out. When they, when they worship today, all you got to say in your mouth is so simple. God is simple. Say, I receive whatever you got for me, Jesus. If you don't know Jesus today as your Savior, just say, Lord, I receive you and everything you got for me. Today is a day of salvation, the Bible says. Don't let it pass by. It's what you've been crying out for and waiting for and doubting God about and angry about it and get it on your face before the Lord. Say, when, Lord, when, Lord, when, Lord? But I'm declaring in the name of Jesus today. Not by wishing. I'm not wishing these things. I'm speaking as, I hate saying this, but I'm speaking as a prophet of God. That God's about to come by and set you free. For what's been holding you down for so long. Receive it today in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Praise God. You know, I'm listening to this message, and he told me uh, a week ago, just, just sing whatever gets on your heart. And I'm hearing, I'm hearing, and, 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 but I'm not hearing like a slow song. But I'm hearing a song of praise, a song of victory, a song that declares the power of God in our lives. And it just says, you called us out from the dead. Into your freedom, our chains are gone. No weapon form shall prevail. Your word is stronger. We overcome. It says your glory. Your glory resounds through the age. All saints declaring your great renown. Your kingdom forever will stand. Say it together. Say, we won't be shaken. We will not fear. Come on, do you feel like that this morning? That we won't be shaken. We will not fear. Come on, let's worship together. Hallelujah. Come on, if you know it, help us sing. You called us out. Say, you called us out from the dead. 
it's going to work in your favor. Just stand still and say, late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. It's going to work in your favor. Somebody declare today, late, late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. In around, in around, in around, in around, in around, in around. Somebody say, blessed, blessed, blessed. If you believe it, somebody say, I'm blessed, blessed, blessed. If you believe it today, say, blessed, blessed, blessed. Every step that I take, I know that I'm blessed, 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 blessed. Come on, say, blessed, blessed, blessed. Called you blessed, blessed, blessed. Now go ahead and be a blessing. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.